1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Welcome back, fans and the pros. My cost Deuce McAllister. Two hours into books, two more hours to go. We're going to change gears as promised earlier. We knew we would be a little football heavy early on. Spend a lot of this hour talking basketball. Tulane men's basketball coach Ron Hunter will join us at 630 Right now we're talking LSU basketball, both men's and women's, with Jacques Doucette, WAFB Television in Baton Rouge. Jacques, my friend, how are you? Welcome to the show.
3: Hey, Mike, thanks for having me on your show.
2: So this has been uh, quite a while. We've had both teams to have such strong starts nationally ranked. You can begin wherever you like, but following the football season that kind of fizzled towards the end, basketball season must have been a nice kind of refreshing change.
3: Yeah, Mike, um, all the local restaurants and businesses uh, certainly don't mind when there's twelve, thirteen thousand 13,000 people uh, going in and out of the PMAC for men's basketball. Uh, you can see women's basketball on the rise. They got almost 6,000 last night. They had over 9,000 last week when number one South Carolina came into town. And to have uh, you know both the men's and the women's ranked in the top uh, 12 of the country uh, Will Wade has done a, a steady job, obviously, uh, since he became the head coach, and and Kim Mulkey, uh, you know, obviously took a program that was nine and eighteen a year ago, and has them, uh, you know, rolling along right now uh, with only two losses and uh, doing a great job. So it's uh, it's been it's been real exciting. I, I think the game tomorrow, LSU and Arkansas men, they. I only had 500 tickets left uh, yesterday, so that should be another sellout. And, uh, you know, the season's young. Uh, LSU, the men still have 14 SEC games left and another non-conference game. So, uh, so far, so good.
4: Jock, that's what I was going to ask you, particularly on the men's side. We'll start there. Do you think this team has uh, has what it takes as far as overall talent to be able to compete on the top half or at least the top end of the SEC?
3: Yeah, Deuce. I think so. Um, you know, certainly the, everyone knows where the Final Four is this year, and they're they're very motivated by that. And that's I'm not sure it's been in the back of their mind uh, for for a while. But uh, you know, it, when they get Xavier Pinson back at point, I don't think he's going to play tomorrow against Arkansas. But LSU really dodged the bullet there when he went down with that knee injury. Anytime a guy grabs his knee and hits the deck, you you fear the worst. But it looks like he'll be back. He does a great job running the point. Uh, he, he's got offense from the outside. Great disher. And uh, they're, they're really strong in the paint as well. Uh, you know, certainly Tari East and picking him up in the offseason uh, from Cincinnati has been, uh, has been huge. And, and then you've got a guy like Darius Days who can do it from the inside and, and from the outside. They, they, I think this is his best team that he's had, uh, Coach Wade, since he, he got to LSU. I think, uh, you know, his second-year team where he unfortunately was suspended and they didn't get a chance to coach him in the NCAA tournament and made the Sweet 16. That was a great team. Uh, with all the guys on, on that squad but this is uh this is a powerful powerful squad now they they may take some lumps here and there I don't know I mean next week for example you go to Alabama and to Tennessee so it's a tough conference uh, but I think when when March rolls around this team's going to be very dangerous
4: yeah think of that I mean 3 years ago I don't know if we could say let's just go 4, four years ago Could we truly honestly say that the SEC had a tough basketball conference? You remember the challenge that the commissioner kind of put out because there were so few teams getting chosen for the NCAA tournament that he put the challenge out, and I think the league has responded.
3: Yeah, Deuce, I mean, if you go back, I'm going back a ways now, but I remember when Trent Johnson, his first year, that was the 8 09 season. I think LSU won 25, 26, 27 games, won the SEC with a 14-2 record, and I think they got an eight seed in the NCAA tournament. I mean, there was just very little respect for the conference. So certainly in recent years, um, the, the competition has really improved. The facilities have improved. You know, over at Ole Miss, they've built that, that brand-new uh, basketball facility. or all – the action and uh and, and certainly uh, some other teams are coming up and you look at a team like Florida you know Florida used to dominate the SEC in hoops for for a period of time they were Billy Donovan and they're they're kind of struggling so um so yeah I think it's uh it, you know will Wade said in the off season, Deuce, that uh you know you're no longer trying to build a program You you try to build a program you get less in the dust you're building a a team on a year-by-year basis with the NIL, uh, with the NIL and the transfer portal and all that. So that's just where it is uh, right now.
4: No, I agree 100%. When you talk about NIL and transfer portal, I mean it's the Kentucky model. Except everybody can use the Kentucky model. It's just not one and done now. And then you have grad transfers that step in and you know maybe have a little more experience. Uh, and and that's normally not the case in basketball. Just because those guys in basketball, you know, if if I stay for four years in basketball, then the NBA puts a knock on me. Just because they draft off of potential, but shifting gears a little bit, Coach, Coach, Coach Kim and the job that he, she has been able to do uh, with the Lady Tigers, are, are are they overachieving? I mean, because you you talked about the record that they had last year, and to look exactly where they are now, I mean, and I know it's transfers and and and, and different players, some, but are they overachieving at this point?
3: Yeah, I would think that they're ahead of schedule. I mean, I, I would think that they've got a little more hay in the barn than <laughs> what they expected at this point. I mean, once again it'd be nine, uh nine and eighteen last year. They're sixteen and two right now, four and one in the SEC. And and look, um uh Nikki Fargus did leave her some talented players. Kayla Pointer, uh, could be the SEC player of the year before it's all said and done. Faustina Fua, uh, Jalen Cherry, they were all here, but uh, Mulkey was able to get Alexis Morris, uh, to come in and, uh, Hannah Gusters from Baylor. Um, it, it's just, uh, I mean, I love going to every Kim Mulkey press conference. I love going to every game and just listening to her talk and watching her coach. Uh, she's great with the media. She lets us come in and watch practice, you know, she doesn't want us to shoot video or, or share the things we, we see, but we, we can go in and watch. And so, it's great. I mean, and, and I covered the program when they went to five straight final fours with Sue Gunner and Pokey Chapman and then Van Chancellor. And, and they used to put between six and uh, occasionally a, a sellout, 6,000 and a sellout in there. And the fans want to come, and they want to support that team. And, uh, man, it's going to be exciting. They, yes, they are way ahead of schedule with Kim Holke so far.
2: So the difference kind of being, if you're looking at the men's side, where the SEC is trying to kind of reinsert itself with some prominence, on the women's side, not the case. South Carolina's number one, Tennessee's number two, LSU's 12, Georgia's 17, Kentucky 19. It's a much different situation than the SEC on the women's side. it will be a huge battle uh, from here on in.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, Mike, last night, Missouri, those girls can shoot. I mean, they, had, they made 15 three-pointers last night, and that's a team that's, that's not even ranked, but uh, was the one team that could beat number one South Carolina this year. So I know it's cliche to say it, but, man, it, it seems like uh, there's so many teams in that league that can beat you if you don't show up. And I think that was most impressive real quick. Last, last week when LSU played South Carolina, they had this emotional game in front of 9,000 fans. They can't pull it out they had a million reasons to come out flat uh, at Auburn where there's not many people there and they're supposed to win. And they just flattened Auburn and won the game by 30 points. And I think that's the kind of maturity that Kim Mulkey uh, instills in the team, you know, kind of the Nick Sadon thing where, uh, you know, not, not one game's bigger than the other. They're all count kind of the same, same and we approach each game the same.
2: Flipping – sorry, we're going to flip back and forth on you, men's men's to women's, but I'm just kind of going through the men's team a little bit and looking at how balanced things are like – top scores: 15 and a half and then 14, seven, 10, 9, 9, 2, 8, 9, 8, 0. so your top six players scoring wise are between eight and 15 and a half. So it's not one guy, so to speak. It really seems to be uh, kind of a team oriented.
3: Yeah, Mike, I mean, they, they spread it around. It could be uh, different people's nights. I mean, Darius days came out like a house of fire. Then he kind of went to a slump and some other pe- uh, people picked up the slack, but, uh you know, I remember being on a high school basketball team and being told, you know, offense comes and goes, but defense will always be there. And and certainly this team believes in playing defense. And Cody Worsham, who does great work with LSU, has bro- broken down with all these stats, like it could be, you know, one of the best defenses in modern college basketball history. Um, the way they're playing defense and the way they they get after it. And um, and it's a, a kind of a peer pressure deal when the guys start buying in and pressuring each other to play defense and get after it as opposed to just, well, how many points did I score, and if I miss a shot, I'm going to dog it because I'm upset. Uh, that makes a big difference. And so uh, that, that's the kind of stuff. Like for that that Florida game last night, it wasn't pretty, but they grinded it out, played D, and, and got the win.
2: And their home, you know, Getting the PMAC back involved with basketball. I mean, I'm you know you and I go way back, and I go way back even further than you do. But I mean, there were times when that building was electric, and that's how I've heard it being described of late. And it's been a while since the PMAC has been described as electric, both men and women.
3: Yeah, you look at that week. I tell you what, Mike. I think I would have rather be at the LSU Kentucky basketball game than that Texas Bowl that night. But that was the uh, that was the trade off. Yeah. <laughs> That, that game. But yeah, you take a look at that week, for example, where you beat Kentucky, you've got the Dale Brown court, you, you sell out the building. Those final 40 seconds were real frantic as LSU scored a couple of buckets and, and won the game. And then you got the Tennessee game where it's, it's sold out again and LSU just really blew them out. And so, uh, yeah, that was always kind of a thing uh, that was frustrating for me at times where it was like, you know, people weren't showing up for games, and you hear, well, it's a football town. Well, football's over. What are we gonna do now? You know, so let's go to the P-Mac and support the team. So, Will Wade, uh, you know, the, despite some of the national hits he's taken and, and some of that off the court stuff, uh, the fans absolutely love him. They love the General Wade campaign he's doing, and and all the different promotions they're doing. And so, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a great thing right now. you well, has got going the pmac mac and then you throw in gymnastics. They always pack the house too. So. That building's getting a lot of work, and uh, you know the local businesses love it.
2: Well, they have Arkansas tomorrow, one o'clock. Then it's at Alabama, at Tennessee for the men, uh, women as well. Hope just kind of keep it going, man. It's it'll be it's fun to have it uh, back in prominence, have it back on the front of the you know sports page. And uh, we appreciate your time. Hope everything is well.
3: Yes, sir. Yeah, and then baseball and softball. Holy cow! Right slow down, that. slow yeah. down, there,
2: son. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> now you're right. Spring, you, spring. You know, by the time you hit back to school, it's it's a everything's upon you almost at once. So it's it's good times.
5: Yes, sir.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on your show. Great talking to you. All
2: right, Thank you, Jacques. Jacques Duset. if you call me, sir, one more time, we're going to have a problem. but it's all right. We go way back. It's good. It's cool. It's all good. Jacques Duset, <laughs> WAFB Television up in Baton Rouge. Does a great job and good job covering all the sports there at uh, WAFB. Going to step aside here on Fans and the Pros. Mike cost Deuce McAllister, com, and the Odyssey app. Sir, the f- –
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Welcome back fans into pros. Mike Austin, Deuce McAllister, getting ready to talk to Ron Hunter, the Tulane men's basketball coach. Great to see basketball back just all across this area, but we talked to Ron last week and, uh, you know, since that time they've gone on the road, beat Wichita state in a close one, 68, 67. They're now four and one in conference. So they've, uh, you know, they host SMU tomorrow at one o'clock. I mean, is it tomorrow's gonna be a big big timer? You about NFL playoffs, college basketball. People probably don't realize how big a basketball fan you are, do they? Me? Yeah. No, most most do. I don't think so. Most most do. I, I mean, don't. um go to Pelicans games, you're a big Pelicans fan, follow college basketball, probably closer than than yeah,
4: I, I like men's, women's. I mean, even even high school. When enough I time find, in the day. Yeah, even, even even when you talk about when you talk about just some of the great high school basketball that we have in the city. Just seeing some of that. So yeah, man. I, uh, give me two to three more inches and NFL. Man, I'm going. I'm hitting that hardwood.
2: Did you play uh, ball? Uh, yes, hoops going up in high school.
4: Yes all the way through. And it was going to walk on at Ole Miss and play. Um, But Coach Rod Evans left and took the Arizona State job. And so once Coach Rob Evans, uh, no, Coach Barnes took over, and I had a decent relationship with Coach Barnes. I just decided "Ah, I think I'm going to just stick with football.
2: That seemed to work out pretty well, but you never know. You You never never
4: know. You never know.
2: All right, I want to join uh, Ron Hunter, Tulane men's basketball coach. He, welcome to the show, Coach. Uh, we spoke recently, but man, keep win, keep coming back. We love it. Thanks for joining us on the show. Well, I
5: realize this. I'm undefeated when I come on you guys' show, so we got to <laughs> we got to figure something out because every time I come on the show, we win. So we got to figure something out now.
2: Well, that wasn't just a win. I mean, that was uh, you beat you go up to Wichita State, Wichita, Kansas. And you come out 68 67 to get to four and one in the conference. And I think what impressed me most, and I, you know, it was just kind of flipping through the stats, was kind of you're down 14 halftime, 42 28. Am I doing my math right? Yeah. yeah. You're down 14 at halftime on the road. So I guess what was that halftime locker room like? Are you, are you a, a yeller and screamer or were you drawing on the board? Well, you know, I told
5: them how much I loved them, and keep turning the ball over. It's okay to miss all the shots and don't play any defense. And uh, if we do that, let's just not even come back to the second half. Let's get on a plane and get back to New Orleans. And uh, we kind of got out of character a little bit. So I'm joking, of course, but uh, uh, just told the guys that, you know, we got to get back to doing, you know, being who we are. We're still a young team. And so sometimes we kind of get, you know, we, we, we start feeling ourselves a little bit and I thought our shot selection was really bad, which led to them getting fast breaks, and uh, we just kind of settled down and, and, and kind of got ourselves uh, back in the game. And I told them if we ever got the lead in the game, we'd win the game.
2: You did. You outscored them forty to twenty-five in the second half. What what does that do for your team? You were three and one in conference going in. already you had been playing good basketball. The, the loss only being at East Carolina. You've beaten Memphis, Cincinnati on the road. Lost to East Carolina. Beat uh, South Florida, then beat Wichita State, and in, in this run, and that was following three games that were kind of canceled because of COVID. So in this run, but to get a victory like that on the road against Wichita State, what does that do for your team?
5: Well, you know, I I thought our confidence was 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 big after the Memphis game, and it, it kind of grew after you go. You know, Cincinnati's a really really hard place to go play. I'm from Ohio, so I know trying to win in Cincinnati, and and. Our confidence grew then. And then to beat the a school that we've never beaten before uh, in Wichita State, whether it's been home or on the road, to come out and, and, and to win the game the way we did is that, again, our, our confidence is really high right now. Uh, we're playing really good basketball. But more importantly, we're not playing our best basketball, which is why I'm excited because we haven't peaked yet. And so, you know, we're winning games and we're getting better, but we haven't got to the point where I thought, okay, man, we, I, we really peaked, we're, we're at the top of our game right now. And that's why I'm excited because I know we continue to get better. And when you're doing that, while you've got confidence, uh, that's how you roll wins together.
4: And coach, that's what I was gonna ask you. What are some of the things that you guys need to kind of clean up to be playing at the level that you want them to play with at? Not necessarily where, you know, you're winning ball games and you're doing something well, but from a confidence standpoint, you know, obviously that 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 breeds success and I can go out and work hard and you know, but what are some of the things that you feel like that you guys need to kind of clean up to play at that elite level that you want them to play at?
5: Well, I, I, you know, I, I told. It's fun, so that's a great question, and I told our guys today. When we get to that level, when consistently for forty minutes, we're playing the same way, regardless of who we're playing, regardless of their record. Playing consistent basketball for forty minutes instead of playing it for twenty for for twenty minutes and a half, or or maybe for fifteen minutes, or maybe for thirty, we're consistently we're playing really good basketball for forty minutes. That's when I'll know that hey, you know what, we're, we're we're I don't know if this team can get any better this year because man we're you know, every team has a, part, a point where they peak in during the season. I don't care if it's football or basketball, you get to the point where your team is really playing at the highest level it can. And that's what you try to ultimately get to. And and I think we'll get there when I can see us playing forty minutes consistently, uh the way we've been playing. If we do that then we're gonna be really hard to beat the rest of the year.
4: Well and I definitely think that you're you're headed in the right direction and you know coach I know that um from the standpoint of focusing on the season, um, from a development standpoint, what's a couple guys that have a chance to continue to develop to be able to add something to what you have already now? You know, so hey, look, if I if I'm my, my bench right now maybe eight, I'm playing eight guys, nine guys. I may have one or two that I can continue to maybe give a couple minutes if I need to. You got a couple guys that from a development standpoint, that that's where you're
5: at? Yeah, we got a couple of young guys that that are freshmen. And I think that. Uh, I've got to find a little bit more time because if they can kind of enhance this rotation, uh, we talk about Tyler Pope. You know, he's a uh, Louisiana kid, great athlete, but he hadn't quite been in a rotation. And uh, I think we'll get him in a rotation this weekend because one of our players got hurt uh, in our last game and was going to be out for a couple games. And so uh, he'll get an opportunity to kind of sneak in that rotation. But we could really use his athleticism and his defense. And and, and so especially just being young, he's really talented. So, again, a guy like that, if we can kind of add to what we're doing, uh, it's probably the best athlete in our program, our best rebounder. So if you can add a guy like that in the rotation, and it doesn't change what you're doing, then all of a sudden you're even getting better.
2: So the the road doesn't get any easier. You get SMU tomorrow, twelve and four overall, three and one of the conference. So a couple of the big boys. Yourself, uh, four and one in conference, and and SMU. This will be just another another stern test. But fortunately, it, it's at home in your building.
5: Yeah, it really is. You know, and the one thing I wanted to do when I took over this program is is make Tulane basketball relevant again. Uh, I thought last year we, we showed that we could compete in the league, and as I told him, one of your third-year – we had to find ways that we can win in the league, and so my whole thing is to make this make make Tulane basketball relevant, not just for this season. What I, you know, you talk about peaking. I want to do the same thing here. Where our relevancy, we stay at the top, being consistent. Anybody can come and change a program for one year. What we want to do is we want to get, we want to be consistently good every single year. We're at the top of this league, and so that's what we're. You know, I'm, I'm happy where we're at, but I'm not satisfied. We're gonna keep working. So consistently, we're at the top two or three in this league uh, for many years.
2: Is, I know it's not a thing of the past. I'm just wondering the impact of COVID now for your team compared to what it was three weeks ago, five weeks ago. Are, are you Do you treat it differently, attack it differently? Um, what's the impact of it?
5: Well, you know, we can't control that. And, and like I told the players, you know, we, we'll show up to play. We'll do work. you know, all of our players have been uh, have been vaccinated. Uh, all but three have been boosted, and they're waiting because they're outside of their uh, – their windows't be able to get boosted right now, but we're taking care of the things that we can control we can't control anything else and so um, you know, let's have fun. Let's enjoy what we're doing right now. And, you know, if we get an opportunity to play, we'll be ready to play. And, if some, you know, if if, if one of us are, happens to get sick in that regard, next man up. And so we're not going, you know, I spent a lot of time where everybody was. We were all so worried about it. And so we're worried about something that we absolutely could not control. And so I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not, we don't even talk about it as much anymore. And that, even from, from, from the head coach, I thought I spent too much time talking about it in the last year. Uh, we don't talk about it. It is what it is, but we can't control it. So why even bring it up?
2: Well, best of luck. We appreciate your time. And you talked about, you know, the relevance of Tulane basketball and doing a great job in basketball in general across the state, across the city uh, is is solid right now. And I'm, a, I'm an old school guy, and it's great to see. And good luck tomorrow against the Mustangs.
5: Appreciate you guys, and can't wait for the next game when I get them on your show again. <laughs> yes, sir. Appreciate it. Good luck, Coach.
2: Head Coach right, Ron Hunter. Thank you, sir. Head Coach Ron Hunter oh, for Tulane. Got a minute? It has, you know. Again, I've been around a long time, and there was a time when, you know, Saints football wasn't the king wasn't a thing and with college basketball lsu hosts arkansas one o'clock Tulane hosting smu one o'clock uno's playing good basketball they got nichols uh at the lakefront arena southland opponent and the pelicans after that rough start won, i think they started what one one and 12? Uh, Four. Sorry, for, uh you UNO and nichols four o'clock not one o'clock and then the pels have yeah won three out of four uh and they play brooklyn uh 6 30 uh Tomorrow they're on the road, but man, it's just good to see.
4: Well, and I think for the Pelicans, and from I remember correctly, I think they're a half game out of the tenth seed. Right? You know, and so uh, I think they're a half game out of the tenth seed, and that gets you into the playoff uh, play-in tournament. But for this Pelicans team, I think that they have their eyes set a little bit higher. Now, obviously, you want to get in that conversation where you're you're in it, but they've got their eyes set a little bit higher than that.
2: We'll take a break. If you want to talk more basketball, give us a call, 504-260-1870. is our Oakland Heart Talking text line, or you want to talk whatever. It's an open line. Open line Friday. Fans and the pros, Mike Austin, Deuce McAllister, back after a break. Keep it here. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
4: Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring
2: Fans in the pros, living on the midnight train to Georgia Bulldogs, number one. Did you have them beating Alabama on Monday night? Yes. You did? Turn your mic on.
4: Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Um publicly? Yeah, when we talked to Roman. Remember I talked when we talked to Hart. Yeah. On uh and he was going to Alabama, I said, I'm going with Georgia. I just felt That's like right. that. Uh you did. yeah. No, I um I like, I like Georgia. I did not like Georgia in a close game where they had to go drive down the field and make a play. I liked Georgia if they had to defend uh, against Alabama because their defense was the strength of their team. Right. I mean, but, you know, I did not have complete confidence and offensively to say that they could drive down the field and be able to score um, – I mean but obviously we know we know how that game ended and finished but I thought I thought Georgia would would win. That
2: was a heck of a heck of a finish, heck of a game, you know.
4: And, and and here's something interesting about the Georgia Bulldogs that like we talked about. Well, we know their defensive coordinator, he's a new uh coordinator or head coach, he's a new head coach at uh Oregon. So that's one loss that they've they've got to replace and then offensive coordinator is Todd Monkin, who is the former uh, head coach, I think, at Southern Miss, and then he was a head coach at um, uh, Tampa Bay. He's the OC, and he is rumored to be in line to probably come back to the NFL. And so uh be interesting to see what Coach Kirby Smart does with his OC and potentially – I mean, with, with, with his defensive coordinator position and potentially his offensive coordinator position uh, being lost. And uh, uh, Cortez, the uh, Purple Knight – the wide receivers coach and passing game coordinator, and I don't think it's final. I think he's rumored, or it's pretty much a done deal. Is coming back to LSU. He's a kid from the city, uh, New Orleans. Played against him at uh, uh, Hank played uh, played against him when he was at Carolina. Played special teams and receiver, and so that's a, that's a pretty good deal. And you know, and I know that we're talking about Georgia. You see some of the, the the guys at LSU Tigers football that they've picked up. Oh yeah. Yeah, some of the transfer guys.
2: Right, right. Transfer portal. Ooh.
4: Hey, yeah. Hey, hey. I don't know. I mean, it's it's it's, it's
2: impressive. It's it's a it's a new world. Well, oh. I mean, it's a new world. It's a new world for the for the money these college guys can yeah, in, make. In, in and, uh, and so it's just it's uh, I don't I don't think unless you follow it closely that the average fan understands how new a world it is.
4: It is – we knew it was the training world for the NFL. Right. (laughs) But from an operational standpoint, it has become that, particularly with the transfer portal. And I'm interested, at some point, do you get a window for transfer portal? Does that make sense as far as just like NFL free agency?
2: Like I'm I'm, going to put my name out there, and if if it doesn't work, I can still come back?
4: Well, no, I mean, because that's the case now. Right. Because I know a couple – kids that have done that but it's up to the head coach to allow them to do that. I mean like all right, you can't transfer until X date. Oh okay. Not um I'm not getting any playing time so I'm going to transfer and put my name in the portal. And it's uh, week 3.
2: Right. It becomes chaos
4: then, of, a, a, of the season. And then like uh you know signing day is a couple weeks away. We know that. And some guys are still, you know, able to transfer, transfer out uh, and, and and pick a new destination. But from a roster management standpoint, that's what I, I wonder if uh, the NCAA will ever get to that point where they set some parameters in a sense that, hey, look, the window to put your name in the portal is this date. And you can, you know, obviously transfer without any, you know, uh, penalty, but from this date to this date this is the transfer portal window and from that from then on there's no transferring you know i I wonder if the NFL I mean uh, the college football will ever get to that or even co- college athletics because i know from college basketball standpoint you can transfer during the season and once the semester ends you can enroll into the new at the new school, at that you know, so January.
2: Yeah, basketball. that's a big deal. Yeah, well, because no, the first part of the see the first semester is it, you know, non-conference. Not, non-conference mostly the Christmas tournaments and stuff so like that. And January one or January fifteenth, man, it's a different ball game.
4: It's a it's a different ball game. So now, if you transfer, you still have to sit out. But you transfer without penalty, you can still practice. But like you just talked about, once conference play starts, the following year you will be able to be eligible. I mean, and that's a little bit different for football. I mean, because obviously if you transfer, you want to be able to get in for spring uh, if you've missed that season. But let's just say you transfer after spring ball or, hey, look, you, you, you're you even later. you wait to the summer and transfer. Well, now if I'm the team that you're leaving, I can't replace you. You know, right. I don't have a way to replace you as quick, and so – just makes it tough, uh, and you just wonder from a college standpoint what will happen with that window.
2: It's funny. We, we look back five years from now what the transfer portal looked like now and everything looked like now and how how vast it will change. Need to step aside, take a quick break. Here are fans and the pros. Mike call, Stoose McAllister, coming up on the 7 o'clock hour. One more hour to go. Stay with us. Welcome back, fans and the pros. Got the news coming up at 7 o'clock, so we'll just run down a few of the things in case you have not missed it, for, or in case you have missed it, or for planning purposes, if you will. The Saints will pick 18th in the draft. The draft is April 28th, 29th, and 30th. I think it's in Las Vegas. Isn't it Las Vegas? Pretty sure it's in Las Vegas.
4: The draft? Yeah. Yeah, Super Bowl is in, uh, Super Bowl's LA draft is in uh, Vegas this Vegas. year. Vegas.
2: So the Saints' home opponents for 2022. Yes, we're looking ahead. Atlanta, Carolina, Tampa, no surprise. The Rams come back. That will be interesting next year. Seattle, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Vegas, and Minnesota. And then on the road, it's Arizona, Atlanta, Carolina, Tampa. So they're just the non-divisional Arizona, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and Philadelphia. So it's the AFC North and the NFC West. Correct.
4: And then who are our seventeenth our game is? Um, it's at home this year. Yeah,
2: it's the home. It's the uh, well, it's not Rams, Seattle, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Vegas, Minnesota, Minnesota. It's Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah, it's- NFC North, right? Because that's the only one that's not AFC North or NFC West. It's Minnesota.
4: So Minnesota this year is our seventeenth, right? And so it's ASC North, which we know, and right. you get Burroughs, Cincinnati, yep, and we have to go up to Pittsburgh, and we have to go up to Cleveland, correct? Yep, and Baltimore, and and and, and uh, Joe, now they come to us, and then we have to go out to Arizona, yep, and we have to go out to uh, is it San
2: Francisco, San Francisco, and Philly again?
4: Yeah, well, Philly, Philly, Philly again, um. Philly is the other uh, the, odd. odd, the odd, odd. The, yeah, right. We have yeah. an NFC
2: East and an NFC North. Yep. Uh, but the, this year, this year the 17th game was the Titans game. Correct. So people think that when we talk about the 17th game, it's not really the 17th game. It's just right. the added game, and it was for the Saints. The Titans. The Titans. Yeah. So I, don't, I think the Rams coming to town will be fun. <laughs> Man, we ain't,
4: ain't nobody studying the Rams. The
2: Rams are going to fall on their tail.
4: Uh, Matthew Stafford going to throw.
2: I Three told interceptions. It. maybe I, yeah
4: Make me mad over here. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. We've gone Stafford. past it.
2: We've gone past it. Going to step aside for a quick break here on Fans and the Pros. Mike Austin, Deuce McAllister. We have JT Gray, who was the first team AP All-Pro. Named today, also Demario Davis. But we got JT Gray calling in in the next hour, so you want to join that at 7.30. Step aside for news here on Fans
1: and the Pros, www.amfm.com and the Odyssey app.